Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Books, books, books. Welcome, my mere mortal lights, to another book recap. Wow, it's been a month already. Today is going to be about July 2021. Recap of the books I've read. And this was the Aussie book month for myself, hence the garb I am wrapped up in. Now, in this month, I ended up reading eight books with an average of six and a half rating across all of them. And there was two real standouts for me. So let's just dive into them. Once again, if you're listening to this and you don't want any spoilers or if you want to see the full book review, what the book is actually about, go to the individual review. This is more just the recap of the whole month. So if you just like my thoughts in general, enjoy what I'm talking about, come here and let's get into it. So the number one standout book for me was dun, 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 an 8 out of 10 for my brother Jack. Now this book, I think really just jumped out at me because as I mentioned in the book, I was so similar to the persona of David Meredith, the main character in the book. Every time I read about him, I just went, man, this is me. Like this is me as I used to be, I would say. Me up until the age of, let's just say 21-ish, around that time. Every time I looked at him, every action he would take, even though they, you know, we had totally separate lives, he grew up in very different circumstances to me with a, I would say, a more impoverished childhood and maybe some greater hardships than I endured. But just the way we would behave, you know, shutting yourself off in your room while uh, other people are out there doing things, other people telling you, hey, you need to go out and, you know, talk to girls, hey, you need to go out and be more social, but wanting to stay in your room, study hard and, and those sorts of things, man, that was that was just me. So while I was reading this book and what really made it the standout for me, the you know, eight out of ten, eight and a half out of ten is getting to the range of top ten books. So it's only sort of just below that, where I looked at it and and as reading it, I would just something would hit me. Something would just go bam. Oh, right in right in the heart or right in the feels, right in the something. And I, I get the same sort of feeling when I come across people who are saying something that I just think is super wise. And it's that same sort of feeling where it's just it really instantly grabs all of your attention. You can be reading a book and you can sort of be reading it, but also thinking about the things outside or, you know, putting it down to check your phone or whatever it is. But in those moments, there is just undeniably all your concentration attention just goes into this one point and makes you think and makes you physically put down the book and just go, damn. And so that happened a couple of times during this book, you know, whether it was, it was mostly because I think it was just describing myself. And so gave me some insights into my own personality and, and, and whatnot. I think that helped, but yeah, holy damn, what a book. The next on my list were with a seven and a half out of 10 was Picnic at Hanging Rock by Joan Lindsay. And I should have said it was George Johnston who wrote the, um, the first book there, My Brother Jack. What happened at Picnic at Hanging Rock? What happened at at Hanging Rock? You know, it's a this is definitely an Aussie classic. I think my brother Jack, most of these are Aussie classics, by the way. Uh, that's why I grabbed them, although a couple of one or two of them are probably more newish. Uh, however, this one is probably the Aussiest of Aussie classics, I guess. It, I don't know, just my research online, it seemed to indicate this is really one of the most famous and boy it, it delivered it really delivered and delivered in for a way with me and just wow I was not expecting it because it is not my type of book at all it's about drama it's about you know girls it's very vivid in its descriptions and its scenery it's sort of meandering it's it's not really got a huge plot to it that's not 
informational. It's not what, you know, there's so many different ways where I would say if, if someone wrote this book nowadays, I probably wouldn't take the time just because in general, this style, this genre doesn't really do it for me. I think it's described as uh, Australian Gothic because it does have that macabre feel to it. There is this suspense, this mystery in the air. What the hell happened at Hanging Rock? All these mysteries, these, these deaths, these, you know, all of these things are happening. So for me, I wasn't expecting this book to deliver anything in particular, but I really got engaged with the story. I loved how she was expressing, as I mentioned, the descriptions uh, is very vivid and it really just, it felt like a a great time (laughs) to be honest, like the the picnic, all, all the things where they were living just sound really idyllic, obviously then with all these bad things happening to all these, uh, you know, young girls and the mysterious and disappearances. And so in the actual book review, I made a, uh, a guess at to what I actually thought happened at the end of Hanging Rock. Now, I did this intentionally and I knew that there was a, an additional chapter not included in the original book, but in a subsequent book called Secret of Hanging Rock or Secret at Hanging Rock, which was published after the death of, of Joan Lindsay. And in this, it was her unfinished or finished but not published final 18th chapter of what actually happened to the girl the three girls marion oh geez testing my um memory here marion miranda and irma irma was the one who got rescued and then i can't remember anywho they what what i really found fascinating was oh uh, yeah yeah so irma got rescued afterwards and then there was um, miss mcgraw so there was only three girls who ended up um two girls and one of the governess who ended up getting lost um, out there and and never found. And so I came up with this super logical explanation. Oh, yeah, this happened. And then so using their brains, they thought, oh, we'll go do this. We'll try and help the uh, get help for Irma and we'll go do this by going out and into the bush and we'll go for a direct path. We don't have time. She's in a serious condition, uh, getting lost out there and dying. You know, something that whilst imp- implausible improbable could probably actually happen in this in this life or i would say it has a higher probability of happening than what the actual one was so what was the actual one well it was about time warping and animal transformations <laughs> and it definitely has that that gothic that mysterious air to it which the book was playing up and creating so uh, I was totally off base with what the actual author said. I still personally like my description. And if you want to know about that, we'll go to the uh, the book review. You'll, you might uh, get a laugh out of it compared to just how different it was because she was describing in the actual ending how, and I've already done spoilers here, but once again, spoilers, how the corsets were hanging in the air, how this, they found this time loop or time warp where they entered and then a, a rock fell and blocking it so Irma couldn't enter and this explains you know etc etc and it's like yeah i guess it explains it but it's uh it's completely ludicrous people completely ludicrous i could have read in the book better no that's not true number three so these those were the two standout books for me those were the books where i would say man i really enjoyed reading this now the rest were okay they they weren't that they're probably not stuff i would reread i would maybe reread these two particularly my brother jack but even picnic at hanging rock i could see myself in the future if i wanted to just re-explore some australian literature that would yeah it would make the list all these next ones were okay but i'm probably done with them and 
you know, I, I did this. I'll, I'll talk about my reasons for why I did the Aussie book month at the end. So continuing on, the I gave a 7 out of 10 to the We of the Never Never and the Little Black Princess by Mrs. Enius Gunn, also known as Jeannie Gunn. What I just took out of this was, goddamn, what a courageous lady. So this was back in, oh, I'm going to get the dates wrong. Maybe I've got the dates written down here. Uh, she went into that area in the 1908 and 1905 when the books were published. So it was probably a couple of years before this, maybe even multiple years before this. So early 1900s, late 1800s. Uh, going into the outback Australia was, I mean, even now going into the area she went to in the Northern Territory is remote, man. There is not a lot out there. You will not be in the same dire straits as maybe they were and, you know, unable to receive letters and you'd only get communication once every month or sometimes more, longer. But even nowadays, you want, you go out there, it is going to be just as harsh environment. There are still going to be snakes. There are still going to be things that want to eat you and kill you. And if they don't get you, then the drought will get you. And if that doesn't get you, the heat will get you. And if that doesn't get you, the monsoons will get you, like the flooding or something will happen out there. So, uh, And then add on to that, the, I guess, the, the fear of that time or the... Mm, I suppose the non-mixing between the blacks and whites, the the non-understanding of the Aboriginal culture and, you know, she explored it and they actually did seem to have quite good relations with them, which was really nice to see in a, a book written from this time because I'm sure, you know, you could read many other things from this time and it would just be full of, you know, racism and, and all those sort of bad things, you know, out outrightly forth claiming the aboriginals as whatever they have you know decreased capacity because of whatever and so it was really nice to read a book from this time where she you know really acknowledged their culture and was diving into it herself and um you know learning things from that and i, I thought that was really cool of her and yeah wow just courageous going out there as as she mentioned she was a little missus you know a five foot whatever girl going out into a man's world at the time was really really something else so props off to her i said that in the book review but props off uh, again a six and a half for these next two books were the gold's book of fish so i'll start with that so very humorous i liked the unique style of the chapters and funnily enough it it only had a couple of pictures right at the start of the book but they really added something to it i, I really did enjoy going back reading how he would incorporate the the fish into this next book or the next chapter going back to it and then seeing, oh, okay, you know, this is what he was trying to do or this is why this fish is really important for this part of the story. I thought it was just a unique way of writing a novel. I haven't come across that particular aspect before of creating for each chapter a visual imagery all related to, you know, a type of fish and and then using that to explain it, Whatever it is, the imagery, what, whatever it was, I really enjoyed it. So, Gold's Book of Fish, very humorous. And I can just imagine some scenes where surely the author would have had to have been uh, uh, just laughing his ass off because, uh, and this book was by Richard Flanagan, um, I should have said, where one particular scene where the convict, uh, Willie William Gold, you know, Bill William Gold, is uh, he's in his cell and he's got this floating, the king floating around in his cell with them and... He, he wrote this masterfully because in the preceding chapters, you thought, oh, the king is like another convict. But no, it's actually the guy he murdered, well, the Danish bookkeeper. And 
is just you know his flesh is coming off and he's having conversations with this thing and the tide comes in and they're floating around bumping together i just found it absolutely hilarious and i just imagine he would have had an absolute blast writing this chapter and a couple of the other ones where it was just it was super ludicrous in a dark humor sort of way you know really fantastic the other one was my brother uh, no sorry not my brother my brilliant career by miles franklin and this book was uh, you know eye opening in a way in that it really revealed that People don't change. People are the same, but ideas and perceptions can change. So, you know, she focused so much in the book about her ugliness and being a woman and how this restricted her in certain ways. And, uh, you know, this parts have definitely changed, I would say, just in general. You know, it's a girl doesn't really need to think about whether she can be independent or not in marriage nowadays. Like, it's an option. This is a choice. And so that's really cool for, for I, I would just say women in general, you know, for people in general, having all the options that you want and choosing from them, I think is mostly a good thing. You could make an argument that it's, it's bad because too many choices disable you and, and make it hard to make choices, but whatever. Um, I, I really liked uh, that aspect, looking at that and then looking at her personality, her character and going, man, there's still girls like this out there, this very, Mm, emotional flighty uh you know saying uh, temperamental was was be the best way to describe the the character in that book she was just set off like a, a firecracker and god damn get out of her way because she'll say mean hurtful things to you and then could be super nice afterwards and so i've had experience with girls like this who are very uh they will say mean things even though they might not mean it in a way, but it still, goddamn, it can hurt. It can cut deep. So it's real funny just seeing that. Okay, no, there's you know people don't change. This was written, uh, I think, once again uh, about a hundred years ago. But people don't change, but the ideas and the perceptions and the or the things around them can change. I, I thought that was a an interesting insight to take away from the book. Another one, which was. A, the oh, geez, I should have wrote the actual names of these down instead of uh, writing the acronyms. So this one was Requiem with Yellow Butterflies. I gave a six out of ten for the book by James Halford, and I got this on a very strong recommendation from uh, my doctor of all things, <laughs> and he was saying, and this was actually I think my inspiration for for doing the Australian Book Month because I realised you know what I haven't actually read any Aussie books so, you know I was struggling to think of any other than the ones I'd been forced to read to uh, read in high school so this was a uh, a good thing for me and this was one of the new ones so this was published in 2019 so only a year or two ago and it was great in a way because uh, I found someone who was probably a kindred spirit in many ways and but also disappointing in the fact that I didn't like how it was written so it contained all the things I loved. It contained traveling through South America. It contained, you know, yeah, doing long distance relationships with a girl from another culture. It contained things about, uh, you know, all these authors that I have either read their books or want to read their books of. So, you know, Gab Gabriel Garcia Marquez, um, J.M. Kirtze, Kirtze. <laughs> can't get his name right, uh, the... Australian, uh, sorry, South African come Australian author, um, Jorge Luis Borges. I definitely need to write, uh, read some of his works. So there's 
all these things in it, um, a couple of other things related to languages as well. And, you know, that all, all of that really just mixed up to me going, man, I love all of these topics individually. I find them fascinating. But just the style of the book, this jumping back and forth, this, uh, you know, using old works from that he'd written in the past, his compilation style things. I just don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy that style. Every time I've come across it in the you know past couple of years, I've just came away saying, ah, this this book isn't that great. I don't really enjoy it. So that, that's uh, my little opinion there of that. Another one was Poems of the Bush. This not so much it was a book for sure. I mean, it you know it was a had a hard cover and and words written in it, so I, I assume that makes it a book. But it was poetry, and then it also had pictures within it as well um, of Australian artists and uh, watercolor paintings and oil on canvas paintings and things like that. I enjoyed that mixture of having the the poems there themselves, and then also just some art to to make it. It was de- definitely an artistic book, so it's not. I had to change my mindset and not go my usual way of being okay I'm gonna completely read this with the intention of getting something out of it of you know feeling something this was more of a uh, acquiring something I should say this was more of a okay I'm just gonna see what this feels like I'm going to you know try and let, let the the lyrics play the words play and see if any of this conjures up anything for me do I enjoy this so the other thing I really took from this was did I miss some very important information? in high school or just in life where people say, if you're going to read poetry, read it out loud. I'd never, you know, never even really occurred to me that this is what one might do. And yet when I, every time I've, I've read poetry in the past, I've thought, meh, what was the point of this? I don't get it. But now reading it out loud, it's like, ah, I I sort of feel the magic of it. I feel the art of it. So that one piece of important information, I think, you know, resulted in <laughs> wasting a lot of time not understanding. Maybe when I was younger, I couldn't have appreciated art and poetry. I, I definitely had some prejudices against them. So uh, maybe I, it, it wouldn't have helped. But nowadays, it certainly does help to realize if you've got some poetry, read it out loud because the sound of it being read out loud makes it more enjoyable. And I should probably experiment with hearing other people read it out loud as well. That might um, add another dimension to it. So that was Poems of the Bush by Benjo Patterson. And my final book, The Worst of the Bunch, was I gave a four and a half out of 10, was The True History of the Kelly Gang by, ding, 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 forgotten his name. Let me quickly look it up. True History of the Kelly Gang by Peter Carey. So yeah, I just, who uses true in this manner? <laughs> It was, uh, I was, I came into it expecting a, a life story of, of Ned Kelly, which I got. I was also expecting it to be true, which I did not get. This was, you know, in fictional to the point of being, I would say more fiction than reality. So it did contain, you know, he'd obviously done a lot of research on where Ned Kelly lives. So he put in things of Glen Rowan and of where he traveled to. And he, he probably looked up, oh, okay, this is where he went and did this. But in terms of the the full impact the book gave me, I just went away going, nah, I don't understand why he needed to make up all of these things. Yes, potentially to make the more story more exciting, but it's Ned Kelly. I mean, it's pretty exciting anyway. So why did you need to include the cross-dressing Irish stuff? Why did you need to include the 
things with his mom sleeping with all of these people? Why did you need to include, um, you know, the the blackface and and you know, there's just so many things in it where I just went, uh, I don't like that. And then also the style it was written in, where it was it was you know, just just a small thing, saying adjectival instead of fucking or dickhead or bastard or whatever. Uh, you know, it, it just takes away. It felt felt like censorship in a way, which um, or you know, self censorship. I don't know what it was. In any case, I came away from it going, eh, I didn't enjoy this, um, and of course, I did have inklings of this, and I probably should have followed my intuition a bit. Where I I probably got about twenty percent of the way through the book and went, do I really want to keep continuing here? You know, something seems a little bit off. I'm not. Re, you know, I would dive into it for certain passages where he was talking about Ned Kelly and it seemed like it was things that Ned Kelly would be doing. And then just something weird would come up and I just went, yeah, why need to include that? Why Why is that there? Uh, in any case, I, I have heard Peter Carey is a pretty good author, so I, I will try and find some of his other works in the future. But just for this one, for me, nah, didn't didn't cut it. So... Uh, those were the eight books that I have read and done a review on. And for this month, one also did a review of the book of, I think it was called Innovation in Australia by Ben Kehoe. Uh, I didn't read it. Uh, I listened to his review. Sounded okay. Um, will I read it? Absolutely not. That is not my type of book. So that's a, that's my roundup of what I got up to in July. A couple of almost, but maybe for the future. Um, I've got a fat stack of other Aussie books here which I just did not have time to get to and also slash did not want to get to. So one of these was by Richard Flanagan as well, The Sound of One Hand, hand Clapping. I probably read mm, 5% of, of the 400 and something words and just went, nah, I'm not really enjoying this story. Um, the, the, the initial storyline didn't capture me. All of these other ones, so Schindler's Ark by Thomas Keneally, I, I want to get back to that in the future for sure because the film play of the, what do you call it, Schindler's List by, was that Scorsese or I don't know who who directed that, that very uh, important film and well-recognized film and Oscar-winning film and all that was based on, on this book and I never knew in Australia, it was an Australian author who wrote that, so very cool. So I definitely want to get back to that. Some other ones, um, Craig Sylvie, uh, Jasper Jones. Once again, I'm not sure of this just because the one of the learnings I came away from the true history of the Kelly gang was maybe I should have realized if the book is being portrayed, if the book is being portrayed with a cover taken from the movie of it or showing, hey, this was a motion picture, maybe you need to be careful of that because, uh, and which this book does here, um, because maybe there's something in that connection between the the movies which are you know they necessarily need to cut things away and do weird stuff to it so a book that is really applicable for that maybe is not so great but then you could also say the same thing about Schindler's Ark or Schindler's List and go oh Karen you're contradicting yourself so that one is a maybe uh, Narrow Road to the Deep North by Richard Flanagan maybe I'll, I'll see uh, I did enjoy Gold's Book of Fish so potentially the Secret River by Kate Greenville, Ruth and Park, The Harp in the South Novels, and Carpenteria by Alexis Wright. Didn't get time for any of these. Maybe I will do another Aussie Book Month in the future. Uh, in, in any case, there 
all of those are just they just didn't stand out at me for whatever reason maybe it was the book cover maybe it was the author title uh, maybe it was the blurb on the back i you know whatever it was those uh, didn't jump out at me but for the future that could potentially be there for uh, the aussie slang that was fun doing that in the end of each book review so if you go to all of those you will find uh, i did some aussie slang rinky dink mate aussie slang what I actually found out from that was the older books actually didn't contain as much because I think they had more um, English English written in it. So this was obviously closer to the time when Australia was, you know, being founded in essence by the convicts coming in, and you know, none of the convicts were writing <laughs> poetry and literature for sure. And if it has survived to this day, it's uh, it's probably not the greatest work because I've never heard of it. So. It's funny just looking back and seeing the older the book is, the closer it gets to what I would describe as more English English. So coming from the UK, United Kingdom and stuff like that. Whereas the more recent books, especially if they were um, being written in the sense of describing really Australian themes, because some of these books obviously wasn't, it was by an Australian author, but maybe it wasn't super about Australia. Um, these were the books that didn't have that much. Once again, contradicting myself, we have the Never Never and the Little Black Princess was written a hundred years ago, but that was full of so much slang that I couldn't <laughs> handle all of it. And it was really hard to interpret some places of the book because it was talking about things that I had to look up and go, oh, geez, that's Aussie slang. I, I didn't know that, but um, yeah, there you go. I would say as well, just for this, a general recommendation for the future the podcast, the Mere Mortals podcast, we actually do mention and talk about these books in there, not to the same detail that I'm doing here, but if you want an additional little extra piece or what's going through my head and maybe I will take something out of one of these books and then think of a hypothetical or or explore one of those themes of one, that's uh, if you enjoy that sort of stuff, check out the, the Mere Mortals podcast because that has those maybe things that are a bit more outside of the book and then applying it to real life, for example. Other than that, I think that will do it to for today for July's recap. I think there was something else I mentioned that I would talk about now, but I've completely forgotten it. So, whoops. Sorry, people. And uh, yeah, I, I really hope you enjoy these things, get some value from them. And if you could do all of the nice things, you know what they are. And then uh, in the future, I might be adding a little bit extra about what in particular you can do. I've been a little bit vague, but I'll, I'll leave that for another one. Uh, what's coming up for August of 2021, I can say that I will be reading the book Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. I've already started on that. Uh, I've read that in the, in the past, so I really want to see if that held up because that was a really fun read for me in the past. That, that made a a big impact on me in, in many ways. And so I'm going to see if that holds up. Other than that, I think uh, August 2021 will be just whatever comes at me. It might be a mix of sh small and short books with long and big ones. We'll see. We'll see what uh, what I'm feeling like. And so nothing in particular, I can, I can say that. So other than that, my mere mortal lights, thank you for joining me to this point. And I really do hope you have a fantastic Aussie day wherever you are in the world. Let me know in the comments if you've read any of these books, if Australia has good literature or not. I think it was actually surprisingly good considering I, I didn't really read that much in the past. So, yep, that's it for today. Current out. <laughs>